Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Tonight, our topic, ADHD parenting, the mindset that you need. Kind of a follow-up to the uh, interview that we did with Elaine Taylor-Kloss last week on um, ADHD parenting, collaborative conversations with ADHD kids. Um, we actually we, we taped these two things in advance so they would kind of flow smoothly. Um, Elaine is in our virtual studio. She's spectacular on this, and uh, I'm excited about our show. Real quickly, the program today is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, better known as CHAD. Um, in celebration of that event, we are anxious to give away free copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, all you have to do is listen to our show. <clears throat> we'll share a keyword a couple times, write that keyword down. Listen to another show like last week's show. Um, listen, write down that keyword and send me an email. Uh, my email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Just put the two secret words in. And we'll have Chad send you a current copy of Attention Magazine in PDF form, and they will send you the next copy when in print. Um, so that's that. Next, um, the 2020 Annual Conference, International Conference on ADHD is scheduled for November 5th to the 7th. Originally, it was going to be in Dallas, Texas. Because of COVID-19, they're going virtual. Uh, we've got a little uh, promo that uh, we're going to run here in a second for Chad to do that. I encourage uh, everyone to go sign up for the conference since it is virtual. A lot of great things. I'm excited to be presenting this year. And I know that we tape our presentations in advance, but they're going to have a Q&A time uh, for people to get on. So just be dedicated to that. So it's real exciting. So let's run uh, our little Chad promo and we'll get into the show. Have you always wanted to attend the annual international conference on ADHD, but couldn't because it was too expensive? This year, you're in luck. The 2020 conference is going virtual. You and your family will have the benefit of enjoying the conference from the comfort of your own home. Get ready to interact with speakers and participants from around the globe. Learn more at theadhdconference.org. Thanks again, uh, Chad, for your support of Attention Talk Radio. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. I encourage all of our listeners to become members or to donate to the organization because we need a strong financial Chad um, to support all their efforts lobbying on Capitol Hill and different regulatory agencies to make sure that we get the accommodations and the benefits to thrive in our world. Um, you can certainly donate, but... Uh, Becoming a member is great because you get a lot of great member benefits that are worthwhile going along with that. So, again, chadd.org. Okay, our show tonight, ADHD Parenting, The Mindset You Need. Uh, it's a little bit of a follow-up to last week's interview with Elaine Taylor-Kloss, ADHD Parenting, Collaborative Conversations with ADHD Kids, because we tape these straight through so they they would be kind of a run right from the other. We, uh, we pre-tape this, so we're going to roll the tape. We hope you enjoy the show. Elaine Taylor-Kloss is a veteran healthcare and parenting advocate. Elaine is a writer and a certified co-active coach, a public speaker, and advisor for families raising kids with complex needs. Her experience as a co-parent with her husband, David, and their ADHD++ family of five led Elaine to become a parenting coach and a voice for parents whose children struggle with the fundamentals of life and learning. 
She's the co-founder of ImpactParents.com and ImpactADHD.com. Both are global support, training, and coaching resources for parents of kids with ADHD and related challenges. She's the co-creator of Sanity School, a behavior therapy training for parents and teachers. She's the co-author of Parenting ADHD Now, Easy Intervention Strategies to Empower Kids with ADHD, and the author of upcoming book, The Essential Guide to Raising Complex Kids with ADHD, Anxiety, and More. She's a graduate of Wellesley University. You can find more about her by going to her websites, uh, impactadhd.com. And with that, Elaine, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's so great to be here, as always. I uh, love having you on. I, I, I reflect back on the many shows that we've done and many things that I've learned in the middle of the show from you, and I'm anxious <laughs> to learn on this one. Um, I feel the same about being with you, i got to say. Uh, earlier this year, it's funny, I started doing like a bunch of shows on uh, lessons learned as a coach, and um, it's really kind of a – I talk about topics and stuff like that, but bring some things in. And one of the things that I really want to – been communicating a lot is a lot of times experts get on on the show and they start talking about things as if they're really really pretty easy and um i think that that sometimes i just like to address the hard stuff the reality really so parents or people with adhd can really understand what's going on and i know a lot of this show i wanted to do is a lot a lot of things that you know that most parents adhd parents really don't know and i want to kind of back up and, and just kind of say that in general i think that what sells is tips, tricks, and strategies, and parents would like uh-huh. to have that that little nugget as if it's nirvana. And my sense is it's really not a, a single tip, trip, or strategy. It's more of a process and a mindset. Can you talk to us about that from your perspective? Yeah, that is that is so well put. Um, I, I, and you're so right. We all want tricks. We want something that's like we're going to flip the switch and it's going to be easy. Um, but this isn't easy, you know, and, and parents don't want to hear that, and it's hard to say that, but the truth is that, that we're parenting what I call complex kids, and they're complicated, and, you know, they don't, they don't fit into the typical molds. They don't follow the, the structures of, you know, the parenting gurus. Typical parenting paradigms usually don't work very well, and so we have to reinvent how to be in relationship with our kids in some way to help them be in relationship with themselves. And I know that's kind of theoretical, but I guess what I'm really saying is that this, this stuff's hard and so we have to shift the way we think about it to help to, to address it and create the kinds of improvements and, and outcomes that we're really looking for because the typical so, models just don't work. Yeah. And, and I, I want to kind of, this is the world according to Jeff. You'll go out there, and if you look up mindset, you'll hear a lot of stuff about growth mindset and fixed mindset from Carol Dweck uh-huh. and stuff like that. But for me, mindset is how your mind is set up to think. So it's all your belief system, and it's the filter that you view everything from. And right. when you're going to change your mindset, um, it is not a simple thing. You have to go through an intense intellectual battle. It's like science is really hum- uh, humanity's mindset. At one point in time, we thought we were the center of the universe. When Galileo said, no, I think the sun, we rotate around the sun, it took a generation of just intense mm-hmm. just conflict in order for us to adopt that new mindset. And I think that I'm sharing that because shifting the way you look at these kids and the shifting the way that you're in relationship, I think that to me, what I've learned, that's the trick and that's the hard part because it, it's fraught. It's not an easy thing to do because you're disproving the very model that you, the fabric that, that you believe in that, that you approach things with. 
so well, it, and I mean, the other thing, you said that it's an intellectual, intellectual shift, which is true, but it's also an emotional shift, right? Yes. So we make decisions based on emotion, and then we collect the data to, to reinforce them and to, make, and to, you know, convince ourselves we're right. And so a lot of this is we were raised in whatever home we were raised in, whatever environment we were raised in, we have, we have all of this luggage. I'm not going to call it baggage, but luggage that we bring forward with us, right? Uh-huh. We have notions of how kids are supposed to behave, how we thought we would be as a parent, how we thought our kids would be when we had kids. And so all of those visions and images and thoughts and preconceived notions and expectations come with us into this parenting experience. And so what I often say, particularly to parents of older kids and teens, is we have some undoing to do before we can reestablish a mindset around how to parent these kids because we're still stuck in parenting the kid we thought we would have as the parent we thought we would be. But those were just ideas from a, from a previous time. Does that make sense? Oh, I, so I, that makes a ton of sense. I'll, I'll never forget. I got out of college. And my first job was with Aetna, the insurance company. I went off mm-hmm. the train for three months, and basically we were there to drink the Kool-Aid. And right. <laughs> I, I bought it for the line center. And then I left, and I went to another company. And it was funny because I realized – the part that was hard for me in going to the second company was to unlearn. Like I yeah. didn't realize it at first, but I had to unlearn all that brainwashing that Aetna had done to me. And they did it for a reason. It was, it was effective there. I had to undo all those paradigms before I could actually adopt the new stuff. And I re- realized it took me a lot longer to get situated. Now, I had left that company went mm-hmm. to another one at some point in time, and it was a lot easier. But that unlearning part, is a, it's, it's difficult, particularly if you it's don't like expect it. It's like a deprogramming. It. Right. (laughs) It really is. And I don't mean to say that we've been brainwashed growing up by our parents, but on some level, you know, you've been raised in whatever environment you've been raised in and you take that forward with you. And so here we are in this new world and a new paradigm with with kids in a new in in a technological age who are wired differently, who are in a in a interruption driven environment constantly. The whole way of being in the modern world is completely different from the world that most of us grew up in, even for younger parents. And so we have to we have to shift to be able to to raise them in the world they're in instead of trying to raise them according to the norms of the world we were in, because yeah. those norms don't apply. And then when you and, add and, the complexity to it, it's you know, it's it's a soup. It's a mixed up soup. <laughs> and um I'm having you on the show, um, uh, as a woman from Impact A to D that, that specializes in helping parents with complex kids, I, I have to say, you went through this yourself. Like yeah. the agony and the and the and the craziness that it is to make that shift yourself. Um, yeah. Simple. Yeah. Did it take a while? <laughs> right. Yeah, it was easy. <laughs> it was just a piece of cake. Just flip the switch. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I started doing what I do because, and I you know wrote about it in my book. I call it my Scarlett O'Hara moment because I'm from Atlanta, right? So, yep. as no no parent in the world should ever have to go through what I went through those first ten years. I was, as a parent, I had three small kids, all with complex issues, and and I was lost. I was overwhelmed. I didn't even know then that I had my own issues. I was isolated. I was scared. I was trying to meet everybody else's expectations. I was reading the parenting books and trying to do what they said, and it wasn't working. And so that was that made me feel really great, right? So I felt like the worst <laughs> parent in the world. And and I felt like nobody, there was nobody who understood what I was going through. I just felt so alone. 
And I knew my kids were amazing, and I knew that there was something there, and I just didn't know how to bring that that amazing thing out of them because I was trying to get them to perform in the in the traditional system, right? I wanted them to do well in school because they were so bright. I wanted, you know, I, I was trying to fulfill everybody else's expectations. And my kids needed me to approach it differently. And so it really took – there were a lot of things that changed for me. Part of it was coaching. Part of it, we had some nutritional changes. Um, there were just a number of things involved for us. But coaching was the biggest thing for me that began to shift my thinking to stop seeing them as broken and needing to be fixed and Mm. to start seeing them as whole and creative and resourceful and, and to see, to play to their strength, to see what their strengths were and to play to their strengths and stop freaking out about the areas where they weren't hitting, hitting the norms or hitting the milestones. And that was the, probably the biggest shift of all. And, and again, that change started with me. It had nothing to do with them. It was me not freaking out. In fact, the first book I wanted to write, I never did, was called Stop Freaking Out. <laughs> 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 Maybe one day, but how to stay sane wow. while raising complex kids. That was my, because that's what it was all about. I was freaking out. And when, when I, as a parent, was freaking out, that energy was how I set the tone of my home. Absolutely. Right. And so, so the change started with me because I had to stop being so neurotic, frankly, <laughs> in order to shift the environment in my home. So I, I want to we need to go to break. I love okay. what you said, but I want to go back to a phrase that is really, really important because you said it and I hear it so much. I I get a lot of phone calls. I don't do high school kids. I'll do college kids and stuff like that. But the, the it's <clears throat> I want them to get it. Like they're not getting it that that, that I want to control my kids. I want, again, we'll come back to it. let everybody think about that kind of over the break. But that's a mindset when you're trying to control or I want them to get it. It's like maddening because it's kind of me. It's counterintuitive. The harder you try, the more you push them away. Um, uh-huh. Again, we'll let you think about that. Everybody, uh, I encourage you. If you're listening to this um, this interview, it's because you were drawn to it. And since you're drawn to it, you need to get the resources by going to impactadhd.com. It's chock full of stuff there. Um, there's a, you, can, you can talk to Elaine there. You can have an appointment with her. You can sign up for Sandy School, all kinds of stuff. It's a great resource. And our secret word tonight is actually Elaine. Again, our secret word is Elaine. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be your child's greatest ally by reading the book Ned Hollowell described as a game changer. Michelle Borba referred to as the ultimate guide for parents. And Michael Thompson praised as the groundbreaking book you've been waiting for. Go to playbetterplan.com to buy a copy of Caroline McGuire's book, Why Will No One Play With Me? While you're there, Subscribe to download her free mini-course on developing social skills for children. That's playbetterplan.com. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. 
Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Well, back, welcome back, everybody. We're here with Elaine uh, taylor Claus of Impact ADHD, having a great conversation about uh, parenting mindset and really, actually, a very frank conversation, probably telling you guys some things that you don't really want to know. Um, before the break, I think Elaine said something really profound and that the, the a change really started with her. And I kind of keyed in on I want to get my kids, and that is a mindset where you're trying to drive in kind of control. And Elaine alluded to the coaching mindset, which is really kind of more of discovery and wonder and stuff like that. And so I want to come back to, to me, this, this, this thing with parents is it's, it's almost like it starts with you. And or as I like to say, it's like the dog whisperer used to be that show years ago. It's about Mm -hmm. training the trainer, not necessarily training the dog. And for a lot of parents, I think that nobody's actually ever taught you how to manage complex kids. And so you're out there and you're given all these things and you're told these things. But as Mm -hmm. I learned over the years, I read a book on how to play the guitar. But when I sat down, I couldn't play it. It took a long time of practice before (laughs) I could get it together. And you need help in in guidance in order to accelerate that process. And so coming back to this, is is, am I wrapping the epicenter is really to get the parents to shift that mindset from that, get them to get it, to move this thing over, and the fact that it's not intuitive to be able to use this coaching mindset to kind of go forward, and that you had your own struggles for 10 years before you discovered the power of it. Am, am, mm-hmm, exactly. Gonna, I, um, that, what you just said is, is right on target. It's a great way to encapsulate it because we, we have this notion that they've got the problem because they're the one getting diagnosed or they're the one mm-hmm. we think that there's a problem and we're getting them assessed. And, and the truth is that our job is to raise them to become independent people. So that's our problem, actually. If they're going to have, if they have something going on that's going to interfere with their capacity for self-management, with their ability to become independent, if it's going to make it harder for them to become independent, it's our job to figure that out and understand that and help them learn to manage themselves. And so when we stand there with our hands in our hips and we say, well, you should just do this, right? Why can't you just? Or when we try to use the tools that, that, bless their hearts, the professionals give us these tools and reward charts and we try to put them into place, but we don't understand what we're trying to achieve with them. We don't understand why and how they work or how to help motivate our kids or, or help them motivate themselves. And then we're, we're sort of throwing solutions at the problem without understanding it in the first place. And the thing that coaching offers and this coach approach offers is to slow down a little bit, step back, understand what's going on. We, you know, we use the, the tool of curiosity a lot in coaching. Yes. Really uh-huh. get clear on what's going on with our kids so that we can begin to engage them in a process of problem solving. So it's not about giving them a solution or a fix. It's about 
walking them through the process of problem solving again and again and again so that they can learn to problem solve for themselves. But to do that, we have to learn the process first. Yeah, and I, I can't help but tell this personal story. As a dyslexic, I went through, and I remember mm. in grammar school, middle school, and high school, all the tutors, and I'll never forget this one guy, was he, would, he had a word. He would cover up a word and say, okay, that was T-O-D, like, and he, then he'd read the word, and I would, I would miss it. And it's funny because they're like, why can't you do this? And later in life, I didn't understand it, but now I understand dyslexia as very much a symbol retrieval problem. So when I look at a mm-hmm. B, I retrieve a D. So if I'm reading a sentence and I come up with word boy, I'll read the word doy because I'll retrieve the wrong letter. And when you read mm-hmm. a sentence and it says doy, you're like, what the hell? You've got to go back and – I spent so much time trying to understand what the hell the sentence was saying. I would lose comprehension of what the hell exactly. I was reading. And they, they would – it's funny because – I can remember it flashbacks now, like, how come you're just not getting it? Like, I don't know why I'm not getting this, but I was just was just getting frustrated because they were getting frustrated because they never really understood it. Fast forward, I go to college, and they're like, oh, and by the way, we'll give him something that he likes. We'll put him in sociology of sport. Well, you guys don't understand. It's not about interest. It's about the mechanics of it. And I was, I was in tears my first semester, like, oh, my God, I'm going to fail out because I couldn't keep – keep up with it. Finally, I, I just I broke down. I just started reading the first sentence of each paragraph, and I listened to the gist of it, and that's kind of how I learned to, to, to read stuff. It doesn't work very well for legal contracts, but needless to say, I was able to kind of <laughs> sure. pull it together, and then later, <clears throat> the show is born about is writing that's very difficult for me for a lot of those reasons, but I problem-solved and needed something yeah. to to talk about on the internet, so I started this back in 2009, and you know, we get Ten, fifteen thousand downloads of this show a month compared to the people blogs. Anyway, I'm saying this story because it goes back to what you were saying. The, all the experts at that time, they were cramming down tip tricks and strategies, and they weren't really helping me problem solve. It wasn't until I got off my own that I did that on my own, and I found a different way of doing it, which is a little bit more of the coach approach. But you're not taught this type of stuff out there as a parent on your own. So if you've got complex kids, it's really confusing, which is the reason we're having the show. So. Yeah. Well, and so I I want to speak to that, and I'm going to try not to go down a rabbit hole, but you brought up something that's a really important, really important for a distinction, okay? When kids have learning disabilities like dyslexia, oftentimes you can give them a strategy, and they can learn when and how to apply it, and then they can learn to read. Now, you know, the remediation you got may not have been, Uh it sounds like it wasn't effective when you were Uh getting it. Uh-huh. But one of the things that happens when kids have dyslexia is you actually can give them a solution. They can apply it, and it works. And then they go, wow, solutions work for me. Structures work for me. So those kids tend to be better at embracing structures and systems. The problem with ADHD is that you can't, we don't know what is and isn't going to work for that particular brain. We have to work with them to figure it out. That's the problem-solving mm-hmm. piece. So, so when we have a kid who has dyslexia that's well-remediated who also has ADHD, that's a great access point to help them manage their ADD. But if, they don't, if they've never learned that tools are helpful, then just giving them a tool isn't going to be helpful. Mm. You have to help them walk them through the process of identifying a tool, figuring it out, using it, and seeing that it's helpful for them to go, oh, I might be willing to try that again. And that's where that process yeah. piece becomes so important. And so in order to do that, you actually have to be curious. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just, and, I but I even before that, you have to understand what's going on with them. 
You have to mm-hmm. understand executive function. You have to understand what is and isn't happening for each child. And, you know, if you look at Tom Brown's, we teach a, a whole structure based on the work of Tom Brown. There are six aspects of executive function that tend to be impacted for these kids. But mm-hmm. not, most kids don't have all six, or maybe they have these two or those four, or maybe all six. But understanding where they're they're challenged is really essential to figuring out a solution because just because a kid is melting down doesn't mean it's being caused by the same thing. You could have three kids melting down for three completely different reasons, so your solution's going to be different. Wow. There's so much. I just... <clears throat> <laughs> it is, so, it's compl- so, this is why we start with parents. <laughs> yeah, so at the end of the day, one of the things I did a show uh, with uh, – Sarah Syed about autism and ADHD, and we talked about the appearance of a symptom and how um, anxiety might resonate from overwhelmed from somebody with ADHD, but from a person with autism, maybe some uh, stimulus. But you don't know Uh the epicenter of that, but as a parent, you actually have to sit and kind of observe. And one of the things that I think is that I've learned over the years is the parent, you know, your kid. Mm-hmm. better than the experts. And so you need that education and you need these skill sets, but you also have to be able to mitigate and negotiate the mental health professionals that tend, some tend to treat by label, not the person. And there's an art to this, which again, isn't taught for complex mm-hmm. kids, which is why it's, it's helpful to get some help with this in this space. Well, um, and, and I think that oftentimes a lot of the helping professionals un, unintentionally make the make the parents feel worse, right? Because, as I said earlier, if, if they give you something to try and it doesn't work, then you really feel like crap. Absolutely. And, and the professional is trying to help because they've been told this system works or this reward chart works. But if they're not taking – they don't have the capacity. They don't, they're not taking the time to really understand the nuance of this kid. And that's really what it takes because it's an individualized process. Each child's brain is wired somewhat differently, and so we have to problem-solve for each individual child. Even if you have three kids in a house, your solutions could very well be different depending on how that kid is wired. I want to just bring up one topic, and we need to kind of go to break. I was so grateful last summer to be interviewed or to have a conversation with you and Linda Rogley on uh, Parent Palooza, and we were talking about working memory. And in that conversation, I remember the notion of having things out. For many people, it's less taxing on their working memory because it reminds them of things that they need to do, so having stuff out is good. For other people, it's visual clutter. And so – that one thing for one person could be a great environment. For another person, it could be completely opposite with the same diagnosis because you're dealing with different brains. So that's an example of some of this that I just want to throw out there. Again, we need oh, yeah. one to break. Everyone, you've got to go check out um, impactadhd.com. A lot of great stuff there. Our secret word tonight is Elaine, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world. Your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. 
You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Lane having a great conversation about parents, probably some things that you don't really want to hear and want to know. If you're listening to this show and you are drowning in a sea of tips, tricks, and strategies, we are talking to you. (laughs) We are talking to you. Um, One of the things that I'm just an advocate is that in this show is to realize is that it's the knowledge that you get, but the application, I'll never forget. I was a high adventure scout master and all the boy scout training that I went through when I was in it, I thought it was so nerdy, but I learned so much of it. One of the things that's amazing to me is the concept of edge, educate, demonstrate, guide, and empower. So you get up there and say a slip, a square knot's a really good knot because it's, it doesn't slip. And we use it for first aid for those reasons. So that's the education piece. Then I would get up with some rope and I would demonstrate to the the scouts how to dive the square knot. Then I would give them the rope and then they would fumble with it and I would guide them and help them a little bit. And then when they got it, I would give them some rope and empower them to go practice it. And one of the things that I know, Elaine, that you've done is you've gone through the school hard knocks after 10 years of shifting this stuff around. Is a lot of what you do is you're working with parents. You educate them and you can begin to demonstrate and guide them and give them some feedback so that they can make a this shift because it really starts a lot with the parents. Am I misrepresenting that? And it's really about having somebody, just like I said, me playing the guitar, having somebody and watching me put my fingers on the string and guiding me accelerates my learning in order to play. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great example. The, the, the slight difference is, is when you're doing, you know, in scouts, it's here's how you do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And now let's let me show you. Now you practice it. Now let me guide you. Now it's done. In life management, ADD management, it's not always even here's how you do it. It's hmm, let's figure out what the problem is. Let's figure out together how you might do it. Hmm, let's see what worked, what didn't work. How do we want to tweak it and change it? Now let's try it again. Uh-huh. So. There's not an answer or a solution. Part of the struggle with it is that it's so individualized, that, that it's, it's the process of figuring it out that's the most important part. And but, that's but, the part that you have to learn how to do. Yeah, and, and that's the thing I think that you made a good distinction because, for me, it's a, the process of problem-solving. And to learn mm-hmm. the process of problem-solving is the modeling and to learn how to back up and observe and wonder and not just go in and say, I need to get them to do that, it takes a while for that shift to take place. I know with the people that yeah. I coach, I identify ADHD as a self-regulation issue with a working memory deficit. You procrastinate mostly because of boredom and ambiguity. And if you sit there and you look through that lens and you begin to identify what's ambiguous, it's a process that we un- unwrap things a little bit to find out where those things are. And to me, helping people understand that process of discovery, which is the cool coaching paradigm, is what's powerful about the concepts you bring to the table. 
That makes sense. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And and what I would add to that is is that part of what happens with parenting is that in our in our model as we teach it, there are kind of four phases that parents go through in that process of transferring ownership to their kids, passing mm-hmm. the baton. Many, many, many of us get stuck in phase one. You got to start with phase one. That's where you direct their effort and you motivate their work. And like we, we all, when our kids are little, we have to tell them what to do. We get mm-hmm. stuck there and we don't learn how to shift out of that into a more collaborative conversation with them. And I know we'll, 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 we can talk more about that. But, but the notion is that, that it, they're growing and, and so are we. Our approach to them has to change as they start to mature. And if we're only ever directing, you know, if we're constantly sounding like a kindergarten teacher and they're 12 years old, we're going to lose that ability to really help them understand themselves because they've tuned us out. Because they need us to be in a different place and to be approaching them differently as they mature. And so we're – Collaborative conversation and working with your kids is a topic in and of itself. We're going to do a whole other show on that, which will likely air right after the week after the show because it's there. But that Perfect. goes back to that um, understanding them, and it's your job to kind of figure this stuff out and turn and make adjustment in the way you interact with the kids. I'm hearing that's the transition from the first step to the second step. Is that Am I misunderstanding that? Yeah, and as you said that, here's what came up. I remembered what I felt like when, I, when my kids were little when I was thinking, but I don't know this stuff. How am I supposed to figure it out? I don't know. And, and what I want to say really clearly, and you said it earlier, is, is you actually know your kid better than anyone. And if you slow down and give yourself permission to get curious and stop trying to do what everybody tells you to do and start shifting, like being open to figuring it out instead of having to know it, you don't have to know everything about your kid's diagnosis to be able to support them and help them learn to manage themselves. You just have to be able to be present to your kid and connect with your kid and help them feel good about themselves in the process. There's a, and then I say that just. There's a lot to that. I get that. And I guess what I want to say here is that the skills and, and, and the concepts for you to learn and understand are not something you're going to learn in a textbook and they're not yes. something you needed to go to school to get. They're so, not part of the diagnostic manual. This is, this I, I w- is parenting. Absolutely. I, I'm going to tell a story because I, I, sometimes I like to illustrate something like this, and I'd be interested in your comments on this. This is a kid that's not in high school. It's, it's a kid in college, home for the summer. He's got ADD. I'm, I'm coaching him. And he comes in one day and he says, I want coaching on cleaning up my room. And I said, dude, what, what, you want me to coach you on cleaning Like, why? Well, my mom's complaining. Like, well, you don't care. He's like, yeah, I, yeah, I do. I really want to. Like, like, seriously, like, you really want me to? He said, yeah. I said, okay. So what's the problem? He said, all oh, my clothes are on the floor. I said, how do they get there? So, oh, you know, I go to go to the, the closet. I take a shirt off. I put it on the side. I'm not going to wear it. I throw it on the floor. Oh, okay, great. So what do you want me to coach you on? Well, I need to get my clothes put away. I go, they are put away. He goes, no, I, no. You have a system. He goes, no, I don't have a system. I said, go to your closet and open the door. I said, he said, all right. I said, what do you see? I see shirts and pants on hangers. I said, how'd they get there? He said, my mom put them there. Okay. That's her system. <laughs> how, how do they get there? Well, my mom takes them off the floor. She cleans and puts them out. I'm like, that's a great system. Like that's, like, that's spectacular. That's flawless. I mean, it works perfectly. And he goes, yeah, but that's not fair to my mom. I go, well, what, what do you care? So you have to put up a little bitching every once in a while. I mean, it's a small price to pay. I mean, by the way, will she come over and do my house? That would be great because I really don't want to do laundry. And he was just sitting there going like, what? I go, dude, you have a flawless system. I don't. 
do you want me to do? I can't, I can't make it any better for you. It's perfect. And he goes, but it's not fair to my mother. And I go, well, I, so <laughs> I like, uh, anyway, he goes, well, no, seriously, I want to do something. Anyway, I said, so what would be an easy way of doing it? And he's got ADHD. And we ended up with four baskets, one for underwear and socks, one for shirts and one for right. pants and one for dirty clothes. And they were wrinkled, but, but the bottom line, it was, there wasn't a lot of friction. He just tossed them in the baskets. And he kind of came up one time, and he's like, but, but, but sometimes I need, like if I'm on a date, I need my clothes, my, my shirt to be ironed. I said, well, what did you do in the past? He said, I'd iron it. Like before you went on the date? He said, yeah. I said, that's point of performance. You're only ironing what you're going to wear. And he goes, yeah, that's right. And then he goes, well, I only usually wear a nice shirt like once or twice. I go, that's a perfect system. Anyway, in that thing i met him where he was and didn't say that you were broken or fixed i said you actually had a system and we walked through it and i illuminated it in that moment he discovered well wait a second this isn't fair to my mom and he owned it and we came up with a solution that would work for him now i'm sharing right. that that it's, it's an easy story for me to tell and the kid was in college a little bit more mature than maybe a 13 year old but at the end of the day i'm, I'm that, that's what some of this can look like and it's so far into what parents are going like what like that was story i'm like yeah it's a true story and it was we i with his parents, I, I talked to him a couple times after he quit, and we were laughing at it, like, wow, who'd have figured that would work? But you know, effectively, that is an illustrative story that speaks to kind of what we're talking about to a degree. Is that, is that accurate? Absolutely, because the, you, 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 there are so many things that come up with that. You met him where he is. You helped him develop a system that would work for him. You figured out what the motivation was, what was important to him, what was not important to him. And that's, that's all the pieces of problem-solving. Right. And then you tried something, you saw if it worked, you came back, you tweaked it. Like that's what problem solving is about. And and what happens is we, we feel like we should have the solution instead of realizing that, that our job is to figure out the solutions. Mm-hmm. That's the shift. Um, and then to change with them when we get bored and we want to change them just because we're bored. And that's going to happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I need to pull this together again, Elaine. The idea to bring people on the show was for you to share what you know that parents don't know. And what I'm taking so far is that when you come complex kids and you need to get some help for your kid, really the first place is to help yourself first. And with complex kids, they're really, really complicated. And it's about learning how to problem solve. And it's really, really makes a lot of sense to get some help from somebody like yourself who not only knows it but lived it to develop the systems so that the parents have a way and some guidance because at the end of the day, you've got to deal with your kid through middle school, high school, college, and afterwards. And understanding this stuff would make Hopefully, it so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> the idea is to be in relationship with them forever, right? And the way to do that <laughs> is, to, is to start with – is to create good communication skills wherever you are so that you can be in relationship and they can look to you for help instead of pushing you away because you're trying to control the situation. Touche. Any last nugget before we call it a day? Yeah, I, I think okay. most people think that the bottom line would be most people think that when our kids have a diagnosis or a challenge that they have a problem. And, and the real truth of the matter is that, that as parents, the challenge is ours to figure out how to be the parent our kids need us to be. And we can do that with some help. Awesome. Everyone, check out impactadhd.com. And with that, Elaine, thanks so much for coming on the show. Truly a pleasure. Thanks, as always. It was spectacular. Love having you on. Everyone, our secret word tonight is Elaine. <clears throat> for the parents out there that are listening to this, this might be a lot for you to process, but I, uh, it's a winning strategy. I've seen it work a lot. A lot of, uh, Elaine does a great job. Uh, we hope you've gotten something from this. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.